Hey friends, welcome to episode six of the Grace Lace podcast. Charles Spurgeon once said, nearness to God brings likeness to God. The more you see God, the more of God will be seen in you. Do you ever wish you could become who you were meant to be just a little faster? Have you ever considered that the things you give your attention to are actually changing who you become? We're talking about all this today over some coffee, so grab your cup and let's get started. So a few years ago, Ruth came out with a book called Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship. And I thought reading a little bit of the intro from that book would help us begin our conversation today. So Ruth, are you ready to hear your own words? Okay. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Here we go. A relatively short time ago, we didn't have a quote, online life. Tweeting was for birds, posts were for fences, and text required ink. The advent of mobile devices brought a fundamental shift in the way we engage with the world. From the coffee shop to the subway, it isn't hard to find someone head down with a cell phone. We've been given so much to look at, but we are missing the art of beholding. We are so captivated by our technology and all that it puts before our eyes that we overlook the ways that God displays His glory through creation, relationships, and our ordinary circumstances in the day-to-day. We look for dramatic ways to experience God, but his presence and transformational work in our lives happens minute by minute. It's crazy to think that that was from a few years ago and how it feels even that much more relevant for today. So the phrase that we're unpacking today is, we become what we behold. Ruth, tell us a little bit about like where did that phrase come from? How did you come across it? Well, I think the phrase has been I certainly didn't make it up. And I dug around a little bit and credited William Blake for being the first one to say so. But there's been other books written about this. But I think in our immediate moments here, we're kind of wrestling with this idea of becoming. Like, how do we turn into the people that we really want to become. And if you were with us on the last episode, we talked about motherhood is sanctifying and how life is sanctifying and how so many things in our circumstances give God the opportunity to transform us day by day, making us more like Him. And we're we're talking about becoming, but we're really talking also about where we place our gaze. This word mm. behold, um, have you been using this word in your vocabulary lately? <laughs> I mean, I often behold my husband's face. No, <laughs> I don't. I mean, do you really say, behold, I made dinner? I mean, like, do no. we really go like, behold, everyone, look at my <laughs> garden? I mean, yeah, actually, maybe we do say that. But no, it's, beholding is not the word that we generally use in modern vernacular. Right. But what does it mean? It, I mean, if you look it up in the dictionary, it means to see, to observe, to use your eyes to capture, you know, to, to see what's before you. But I think we both would agree and say that there's more to it, right? When we think of the word behold, we're really talking yeah. about gazing, really mm. fixating on paying close attention to. It really means that we are shifting our gaze in awe and reverence and really kind of like taking in what's before us. So there's this idea of time, energy, awe, mm-hmm. wonder, affection, yeah. passion, all of it is brought in this idea of beholding, really turning our eyes to something that we end up fixating on. And so 
how does that affect our daily lives when we are giving our eyes and our attention to all the myriad things that are before us day by day? Yeah, that's a great definition of it. I think it makes me think of kind of like a negative example of it, but it's kind of like when I get stuck in the trap of looking at pictures of myself from like college Mm. or Mm post-college, but like before children, right? Mm. Where you fixate and you're like, man, my body in that time seems to be a bit more pleasing than I feel like Mm. my current body is. And I can get so like intent on it that I start to feel terrible about where I am today. It consumes your thoughts, right? Yeah. It just kind of like takes over and you just got to stop and say like, okay, I will not behold that anymore, right? Like, well, and the place that it takes you is, am I right in saying self-loathing? Some yeah. sense of self-loathing or discontentment or ingratitude or feeling worthless. So you, your eyes are like observing and fixated on past mm-hmm. photos of yourself, a time when you thought you looked better and where it takes <laughs> you is this ultimate place of deep grief and sadness and not feeling grateful about who you are right now. Yeah. Okay. I have an example. So I think about, um, this is a weird example because I am not sporty. (laughs) So nobody be impressed. I am the most- Wait, wait, hold on. You're not sporty? (laughs) You don't like live for outdoor adventure? Not sporty spice at all. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So I have six boys and yet- Oh, it is a challenge for me to be outdoorsy and active and into, you know, things that make me sweat and exhausted. <laughs> so they did buy me a mountain bike some years ago. And I remember when we lived back in New Mexico, the foothills in Albuquerque were just gorgeous, deserty, you know, trails, rocky, uh-huh. full of, you know, it was dirt. It was the desert, but cacti, like various forms of cactus was along the path all throughout. And I think about how I get on my bike and I'm not like that skilled of a rider and they would just carve their way through this path and I would follow along. And this one time Uh I specifically remember Eve thinking to myself, okay, see those cacti right up there? Ooh, they look sharp, painful. Don't run into it. Don't run into it. Ruth, do not run into it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But think what, I mean, imagine what happens when all you do is stare at the thing that you're trying to avoid. I'm like staring at this cactus going, don't hit it, don't hit it. Well, ultimately- You're for sure going to hit it. (laughs) I'm kind of embarrassed to say I ran into the cactus that day. Yeah. And so I think about how like sometimes we do that in our lives where we're fixating and we're giving Mm -hmm. all of our attention and we're looking and gazing intently at one particular thing be yeah. it our cell phones or social media or the news, or like you said, you know, maybe an idea of ourselves. And before you know it, all you're doing is shaping who you're becoming because your mind and your attention and your heart is wrapped up. It could we say even worshiping this yeah. thing that you love most. Yeah. One of the phrases that I really love from the book that has really kind of stuck with me is that what we chase shapes our race. I mean, don't try and say it 10 times fast, but (laughs) what we chase shapes our race. And just what that means is that what we focus on really matters. So we've already maybe mentioned a couple, but like, what are the things that you like, what fights for your gaze and for your affections and your time and your emotional investment right now? Yeah, I kind of feel like 
the biggie for me really is social media and comparison. And it's not that I'm prone to comparison all the time. It's just that I want to keep up with the community I'm a part of and what's going on in the world. And before I know it, I mean, you know, when you kind of like click one click and then suddenly you're 10 (laughs) clicks down and you're suddenly like investigating in uh, doing a deep dive into something. Yeah. You're doing a deep dive into somebody else's life or a deep dive into a news headline or a deep dive into, and some of it is helpful, but other Uh times I've just given up an entire part of my day and a huge part of my heart to focusing on something that God's not given me to focus on. And what that's doing to me day after day after day, if I fixate on, let's say social media, then I'm really allowing other people's lives and those quick little seconds that I'm perceiving of their lives to shape what I think about mine. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. I think one of the things that fights for my attention, and this might sound a little bit strange, but stick with me, is that sometimes, especially as a mom of littles, I've got three littles, it's really easy to get totally focused on and wrapped up in like what they're doing, how they're behaving, Mm -hmm what's going on, who's eating what, and miss like the life around me. Like, yes, I need to like pay attention to them and love them and train them. But if I get so focused on like internally our tiny little family, then it changes who I'm becoming because I'm not serving anybody else. I'm not involved with other relationships. Like I can get too focused and spend too much attention on our tiny little family and what we've got going on in our four walls. So I think an easy way to sum this up is when we're chasing something, it's because we long for it, right? We want something, whether it's a perfect home or obedient children or the pre-children body that we had or (laughs) wanting somebody else's life that we see on social media or success, or you could just name a whole lot of things. But when we chase something, it's usually because we're longing for it. And longing, Eve, right, is when we love something greatly. And so if it's true that we are what we love, then what we love and what we shape our affections toward, what we kind of say is, this is the most worthy. This is the best. This is the thing that I want more than anything else. That really will change who we are. And so I think what we're saying is we all have 24 hours in a day. We have a set amount of time, energy, and affection, and our minds are wrapped up in what we really love. And so what are we giving our greatest attention to? What are we dwelling on every day? What are we thinking about and in turn, loving the most and caring about the most? And that can shape us for good or for bad. Yeah. And I think it kind of brings up the question, like, so what are we supposed to behold, mm-hmm. right? Like if right. it really matters and it really is going to change where we go and who we become, what what are we designed to behold? It mm-hmm. makes me think of a verse in Second Corinthians, and I'm just going to read it because it actually uses that beholding language. Second um, Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Eve, I think what's really fascinating about that verse, I mean, there's so much there and we don't have enough time to take a deep dive into beholding the glory of God. What is the glory of God? How <laughs> yeah. we're made like him. We don't have a we don't have enough time to go deeply into <laughs> it. But 
just on the surface level, just reading that verse reminds us that you can't behold anything. You can't even take anything in truly if your back is turned to it, right? In order for you to stand at the ocean's edge and behold the ocean, you have to face the ocean. If you're beholding something on your phone, it's probably that your head is down and you're staring at it for hours and hours every day. (laughs) And your app is actually telling you how many hours you're spending there, right? (laughs) So like what we're reading of Paul's words is that God desires for us to interface with him. God desires for us to behold his glory made only possible because the veil is torn and that we no longer have to be shielded and distanced from him. And when we interface with him, when we interact with him, when we literally come before him with all of who we are, he then transforms us. And the more we gaze upon him and let him consume our thoughts and our heart and our minds, the more we become like him. That's really what that verse is ultimately showing us. Yeah. I think that's a really important piece that you touched on there. It's like, there's a posture of our heart and of our body even, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's that turning toward, like you said, looking at the ocean, like my posture is oriented to the thing Mm, that I'm Such a good word, oriented. Yes. So maybe the question then in this episode is like, where is my heart oriented? What is the orientation of my heart today? Is it towards God and his goodness and what he's done for us and the grace of God that supplies all our needs? Or is my heart oriented towards comparison or guilt Mm. or fear or not enoughness, right? There's multiple ways in which we can direct our hearts And tangibly, it starts with what we give the most of our attention, our thoughts, and our worship and love to. Yeah. I think sometimes we go for like the shiny thing, right? Like here's Mm -hmm. what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's real value in pausing to recognize too that like Jesus is so worthy of our gaze. Like it's not like, oh, I guess I can turn to over here and like, check him out for a little bit. It's like, no, like this is the God who created us, the God who loves us, the God who- Other things don't even compare. Yeah. It's like looking at a cup of water versus the ocean, right? Like he's really worthy of our attention Mm. and our gaze and our focus. And we really do want to become like him. Like we're not going after these lesser things that take up our attention. Like we really do want to be like Jesus. Amen. It's good. So good. So lest we have these thoughts floating philosophically, how <laughs> let's bring it down from the 30,000 foot yeah. level down to our everyday lives, Eve, because it's true. Like we, we're going to finish this episode. We're all going to get on with our day. Somebody's going to make lunch. We're going to pick up our kids from Carline, whatever it is. How do we apply the gospel truth here? What is the truth of the gospel that helps us remember that we need to behold God instead of everything else? Yeah, I think it comes back to recognizing that like we are made to behold Christ. We are meant to look at him and he is the one who wants to shape our becoming, like who we are going to be living into the like the purpose and design that he's called us to. Yeah, we're made to behold him and he is the only one worthy of our attention. That's good. And why it matters is because we're all looking for satisfaction. We're all looking yeah. to be filled up and we want something that'll satisfy us. And it matters because every day when I am turning to something lesser 
to satisfy me, it's a good reminder that we were created to be filled up in the love, in the fullness, in the worship of Jesus Christ. And so unless we behold him, we're always going to come up empty and not satisfied. Yeah, for sure. So what's one small thing? What's one small thing we can do in response to this conversation? Because let us not, guys, listen, let's not just talk like this. Like if we were having coffee right now, let's not sit around and be like, yeah, we should really behold him, but really have no idea how we can leave this conversation and take one step toward living it out. So it's funny, we kind of chatted about what we are going to share here. And my initial... Like, here's my idea. Ruth actually pushed back on a little bit, but in the most positive way. So I'm going to tell you, my initial thought was like, wow, there is something about what I'm giving my time and attention and posture to. And I want to limit how much of that is in front of a screen. And so I said that and was like, yeah, I feel good about that. Kind of like trying to shut things down at a certain time every night. So in our house, like by 930, no more screens. Like, let's just let it be. And Ruth pushed back and said, okay, but yeah, what else are you going to fill it with, right? Like you can say, I'm not going to gaze on this thing, but unless we figure out what is the thing I am going to gaze on, like Mm. we're going to just turn right back to it. So I need to adjust a little bit. I don't totally know it, but I think it's worth a really good conversation with my Mm. husband. So I think that's my, my actual step is like, let's have a family discussion about how we use screens and what we are beholding and if it's what we want to be beholding or not. Mm I had forgotten that I said that, but I I know I need that in my own life to remember that everything I'm going to learn to limit and have a boundary and say no to has to be replaced with something better. Otherwise, yeah. you're still not filled up and you're going to turn to other things. So my one small thing is pretty classic, Ruth, but it really <laughs> is the one thing that I need to do every day is... I really, as a creative who is constantly beholding the work that I do, the art that I paint and the words that I write and the children that I'm trying to raise up, Eve, I need to get outside and take a long walk and talk to the Lord about all the things that He does well that I Mm. have no part in (laughs) achieving or succeeding. Like he, He literally brought this day into order with the sunrise, and I really had nothing to do with it. And so it's really yeah. good for my heart to, even right now, it's the dead of winter here. If you could see <laughs> out my window, there's snow on the ground and it's not looking, I mean, it's pretty, but it feels yeah. like winter. And if yeah. I'm honest, it feels kind of like winter in my heart right now a little bit too, in the season I'm in and the struggles yeah. that I'm facing. But Eve, when I step outside, even this afternoon, when I just take a moment and step outside, you know what I get to notice? I notice that I have nothing to do with the new buds that are forming on the aspen trees in the middle of winter. And when I take the time to notice that and I behold how he is faithful to cause spring to be on Mm. its way, that resets (laughs) my heart in a way that no hustling and no like staring more at my screen can accomplish. (laughs) Yeah, ever will. Mm -hmm. Ever will. Yeah, that's so great. Guys, this is one of those conversations that we could probably keep talking about over and over (laughs) or for much longer um, because there's just so much there, right? Like, what are you beholding? What are you thinking about? How are you becoming? All of those questions. We hope that today's conversation has encouraged you just a little bit to really think and be intentional about where you're putting your attention and what you're investing in emotionally and how it's affecting what you become. 
So if you did find today's conversation helpful, we'd love for you to share the podcast with a friend, a neighbor, someone who you think might be encouraged as well. Make sure you turn on notifications to be on the lookout for the next few weeks um, as we wrap up our first season of the podcast. We're so grateful. Every time you leave a review, give us stars, all of those things are really helpful and we are so appreciative of you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.